Welcome to the Pastor Podcast. This is your host, Ryan C. Green, and this is the show every week. We teach you how to make a living doing what you love and how to get paid for what you know by building passion-driven revenue streams. You can follow me on all social media at Rod Speaks. If you're an entrepreneur, a leader in your field, a dreamer, you just need some help putting it all together. You simply aspire to be more in life than you've been. This is the show for you. If you haven't done so already, make sure you click the follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast play you're listening to us on right now. We're everywhere, man. We're on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, you name it. Follow us, leave a comment, and share the episode with your friends. Don't keep them out. Make sure that they grow with you. All right. And shout out to Sean Ture. You know, we give him a shout out. He's the one who producer behind the track, that dope theme song that we have. Shout out to Sean Ture uh, for producing that track for us. Uh, so if you're listening today, I want to make sure you give a special offer, special opportunity for those who are listening. If you're ready to begin your journey and becoming a passionpreneur, I want to give you the opportunity to pick up a copy of the book, Becoming a Passionpreneur. You can get the book right now. It teaches you all the secrets and steps to, to uh, take in order to reignite your fire within and start getting paid for what you know by building passion-driven revenue streams. And you can get your copy now by going to www.passionpreneurbook.com. Just go to www.passionpreneurbook.com. You can pick up your copy there. Got some free gifts, uh, some special gifts uh, as well. So if you get the book um, from that link by listening to the show, you're going to be able to get a couple of other goodies thrown in there with it as well. So take advantage of that um, as well. So we want to jump right in. We're going to get to today's show. This week we have a, a special guest who is doing some phenomenal things in the speaking industry. Uh, so if you are a speaker, you're an aspiring speaker. If you're an author who wants to speak, if you, and, and this doesn't mean not even if you're just like a professional speaker, but if you speak at work, you know, if, if your job requires you to be in front of a crowd, then this is the show you want to listen to. You want to uh, take notes and, and, and uh, get ready for today's show. So I want to bring on the founder, uh, the president, the HNIC of the black speakers network from Baltimore, Maryland, Mr. Brian Olds. Welcome to the show. Yes. Yes. Brian, thank you so much for having me and hello to everyone listening. Very excited to be on the podcast. Looking forward to, uh, uh, spend a few minutes with you. Absolutely. So, you know, Brian, we want to, first of all, let you introduce yourself to the audience and, and let them know what the black speakers network is and then from there, I want you to kind of, uh, you know, kind of tie in. Why was it so important that this organization uh, was started, uh, you know, and, and running right now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, I thought you did a great job with the intro. I would love to just have you uh, tag team with me, man, as we go across the country. And uh, you always need a great person to, to introduce you. And I can return a favor for you, hopefully, man. So, uh, but yeah, you, you hit the nail on it. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Uh, founder, president here at Black Speakers Network, where our mission is to equip, connect, and inspire uh, the next generation of Black professional speakers. And so, uh, our our focus is um, we are a nationwide speaker development and training company. So, uh, really focused on helping new and aspiring. And I kind of we can talk about that a little bit. The difference, but. Know really what we kind of categorize as emerging uh, professional speakers uh, really find success and uh, really help them to speak up and connect with the audience that they're called to serve. So 
Uh, Ryan, I know you're you're you've been a, a strong supporter since the beginning, man. Uh, <laughs> back in the day, um, and definitely uh, you're currently a member, and you know it's really important for us to be able to connect with uh, people like you who have a mission, a message, and uh, be able to provide resources, tools, training, and support. Uh, really, our job is just to help accelerate your ability to get in front of the audience that you're called to serve. So that's really what Black Speakers Network is. And in terms of why it was important for me to even start the path or create an organization like this, uh, I mean, I got to tell you, man, um, I am an introvert at heart. I am um, a card-carrying introvert. Uh, I couldn't lead two people in silent prayer when I first started speaking, so it definitely wasn't one of those things where I was born with a microphone in my hand. I actually, in fact, if you had been sitting in a small classroom with me, at my alma mater, Morgan State University here in Baltimore, uh, back in 2006, uh, you would have watched as I stood up, walked to the front of the room, and prepared to give my very first uh, presentation in an organization called Toastmasters. And so that was the beginning, that was the genesis of my entry point into uh, speaking. And it's not like I wanted to do it, I accepted the challenge to, to do it, and I was, I was uh, kind of put on the spot. But I made it through that experience uh, with the butterflies in my stomach and the sweaty palms and the shaking voice, and I realized that, hey, if I could deliver one presentation and live through it, I could deliver two, two turned into four, four turned into ten, and that was kind of the launch. But uh, the thing that led to Black Speakers Network, man, is that, um, and I know you talk about this all the time on the Passion Noah podcast and your book, you know, sometimes where you think you're headed you know, you may have an idea of the direction that you're headed in life, and, you know, things don't always work out. You know, Mike Tyson famously said, you know, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Um, and me, I got punched in the face early on because I thought that I was going to be an electrical engineering major, hit calculus two, oh, <laughs> <boy>. <laughs> make it through. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> those, uh, those classes, man. So I, um, I literally had to pivot while I was in college and uh, found myself in business, but also found myself lost. So Toastmasters and professional speaking or public speaking, I make a differentiation there, kind of help reshape my path and my, my future. And as, as much as I love speaking now, man, what I realized on that time, um, having uh, found Toastmasters and discovered this industry of speaking is that, particularly coming from an HBCU, is that I really want to do something to impact the uh, representation of uh, speakers of color, specifically black speakers. And so that was the foundation of Black Speakers Network. Awesome, awesome journey. Want to get a little deeper into some of those um, aspects. Uh, but I want to start right out because, you know, there's a study shown. I don't know uh, how long ago it was done, but the people were surveyed about their fears. And they said the top fear, most people would think the top fear people have is dying. Uh, but uh, above dying, the top fear most people had was public speaking. Uh, and it's wild that people would rather be in the funeral than speak at the funeral. When you really look at the survey, uh, you know, public speaking really is a fear a lot of people have. And it's funny that you talked about being an introvert uh, because I, I, too, am an introvert. And people don't believe me when I say it. You know, right? you're in front of the camera, you're on stage and everything like that. Uh, but it's true, you know, and, you know, your example leading a, a two person prayer. You know, I think that what people don't uh, see is that for, for introverts, Sometimes being on a stage in front of a bunch of people is a lot easier than 
uh, that one-on-one or that smaller group because I, I'm speaking for myself now. I know when I'm on stage in front of a bunch of people, uh, it, it, it's it's different. You know, I can find who uh, connects and I can, you know, I'm kind of just, it's a performance almost, kind of an out-of-body experience sometimes. Whereas when that you're in that small group, it's you and that person in front of you. You got to connect. And if that person's not feeling you, then <laughs> it's like, what's left? You know, <laughs> so... Uh, definitely, I, I want people to understand that, you know, if you're an introvert listening, you're thinking that you can't do this. Yes, you can. Uh, so uh, get a little Obama there. <laughs> but um, I want to go back to uh, the 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 um, Toastmasters, because I know you did a lot of work with Toastmasters back then. And, and, and you know, I kind of watched your journey from afar uh, back then, because uh, for those who don't know, uh, you know, I, I met Brian when he was a, a student at Morgan, as he said, I was. Uh, working with the Entrepreneur Development Assistance Center. Shout out to Omar Muhammad there at Morgan State uh, and, and some of the things. So I was always on campus doing things with a lot of the upcoming uh, uh, youth who who are, uh, you know, like Brian and, and some of his classmates. So I, I saw you back then, and I know that you got in, uh, heavily involved with Toastmasters. So Toastmasters, world-renowned speakers organization. I never, you know, was a part of Toastmasters. Uh, so talk to us about your your experience with that um, and the training, how, how that set up your path into speaking, uh, just being a part of Toastmasters. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So Toastmasters for the uninitiated, highly recommend checking it out. If speaking is anywhere in your landscape, Brian, I think you did a great job of mentioning earlier, you know, you could be, I know we have some folks that are listening that may be entrepreneurs and that are looking to leverage speaking to grow their business. Some people may be looking to just get more comfortable speaking in front of any audience, whether that's uh, giving a presentation at work. And uh, I love the ET mantra, you know, don't, um, you know, the, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, right? <laughs> so right. I think Toastmasters is perfect for that. And well, so for the uninitiated, Toastmasters is a nonprofit organization. It was founded back in 1924 in Santa Ana, California. And the purpose of Toastmasters is to help you become a better communicator as well as a better leader. And as you probably realize, I mean, you mentioned Obama uh, a few moments ago. You, there's very few instances where the art of leadership is disconnected from your ability to effectively communicate. Most great leaders are effective communicators, and public speaking is a form of communication. It's a very powerful form, but to your point, it's one that people shy away from, and it's because of fear. And I don't think the fear is related necessarily to uh, not wanting to speak just generally. It's related to not wanting to fail in front of a bunch of people. Uh, nobody wants to get in front of an audience and forget what they're going to say. Nobody wants to stutter or have a bunch of odds on like you knows or just feel like they aren't presenting the, themselves in a way that they know that they want to be represented. And so that's the fear. Uh, and, and, and embedded in that fear is, you know, ho people really holding themselves back from what they can ultimately achieve. And so Toastmasters kind of bridges that gap by providing a mutually supportive uh, small group environment where you can literally pop in uh, in an evening and, you know, Toastmasters clubs are, are hosted at churches, at companies. Um, I had one back when I was in corporate. Um, I am a member to this day of the club on campus at Morgan State University. So if you're in the Baltimore area, like I highly recommend uh, checking out any club. But if you're in the Morgan area, you don't have to be a student. You could just uh, pop in. But the, the benefit of Toastmasters is a couple things. Number one, 
you know, when you speak in real life, <laughs> you know, there, there's probably something on the line. Like you're trying to convince a customer to buy from you. You're trying to convince uh, a board of directors to adopt an idea. Like there's something on the line. Toastmasters, there's nothing on the line. <laughs> you could go in and it's practice. It's a laboratory. But, you know, if you're going to fail and, and and get better, that's the place where you want to do it. You don't want to wait until you have to deliver a presentation where there are stakes on the line to do that. So that's one. Number two, most speakers, even if you're a professional speaker, you're really, and Ryan, you know this, you speak all the time um, around the world and podcasts and virtual uh, experiences. Most speakers don't really get any feedback. Right, right? right. They right. they just speak. And the only feedback they may get is like applause or you know, there's a lot of positive accolades, you know, if you do a good job, but really is there any constructive feedback? Like, oh, you know, I think, you know, Ryan, you could have started this speech a little better with this story or, you know, there's one point where you kinda lost us a little bit or, you know, I think your ending would have been a little stronger if you would have tied it back into, you know, what you said here or you know, you said we were going to give three points, but you only gave us two points. Like, things like that that you may not be conscious of, you get in Toastmasters. And so the hallmark of that is the evaluation. You get a written and a verbal evaluation, not a critique, but an evaluation to help you get better at your craft. And so for all those reasons, not even to mention the networking, uh, there are Toastmasters clubs in 114 countries. The last I heard, there were 100,000 members around the world. And so you're instantly joining the community of other aspiring speakers. They may not be professional speakers, but aspiring people who are attempting to both overcome their fear of public speaking and just become better communicators and leaders. And so right now, man, you know, I can drop into any country in the world and uh, find a Toastmasters club and instantly, you know, have a group of people that I can connect with and to get better at speaking. So all those reasons and more, <laughs> like I, I, I continue to be a brand ambassador for anybody that's looking to even remotely uh, get started in speaking is uh, find a Toastmasters club, get started, and uh, see where it takes you. Awesome. Now, um, so going transition now to the Black Speakers Network. So, what uh, talk, talk to us about how you ended up starting that? And I know you talked, you shared with us the mission of the organization a little earlier, uh, but you know, going through the process of getting into speaking then all of a sudden now you're running a whole organization of speakers like that's a whole nother burden of itself you know on its own so how how did you uh, end up starting this organization and, and take us a little bit through the process of that yeah yeah it, it's, it's funny man you know that i feel like they're always uh, oftentimes you get the question when did you start your business and there could be i always feel like there are several dates of when a business actually started. Yes, there's a date where you, you know, filed your LLC. Um, there's a date when you made your first sale. Uh, but there's also a date when you, in your mind, made the decision that you're going to move forward on this path. And to me, that's the biggest. This that's the biggest start date. Even if nobody else in the world knows that you have a business, the moment that you decide, yes, I'm going to um, bring, I'm going to take something in my mind remix it and put it out to the world for other people that's a that's a very powerful moment so that's really the start date and for me uh that was in uh 2016 and but it actually the seed was planted back at morgan state university and within toastmasters and so you know i had a company ryan you may remember this i had a, a brand called skills uh back in the day um and we did skills radio it was a professional 
development and uh, uh, kind of an entrepreneurial development network, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so it was it, it was us running around Baltimore, <laughs> giving seminars and workshops in like the basement of a hospital, right? And <laughs> and through that experience, what I realized, and through Toastmasters, what I realized is that you know, as much as I love speaking, I love helping other speakers you know, build that platform and people have really powerful messages. But unfortunately, as you know, Ryan, it's the best speaker isn't always the one that's going to get the opportunity. Um, there's a lot that has to take place in order for you to position yourself as an expert in your industry or an emerging expert and be a person that is creating a, a program that's going to attract the audience that you're that you're looking for. And so I, I, I came from, I spent 11 years in corporate America when I, when I did graduate from Oregon school of business, I ended up uh, working in finance for a few years. And then I got my dream job, which was to be a, uh, a trainer. Like I, I wanted to, you know, what we call drop knowledge on people. I wanted to be in front of the classroom teaching. Uh, but then I realized that anybody that's been through any type of training, uh, including being in school or, you know, going through like a, a, a onboarding process at work, there's an entire body of knowledge that makes that training effective, and it's called instructional design. And so I actually found that out and went back to school to study instructional design and adult learning. I wanted to understand what, how do, what, how do you structure training in a way that helps people actually be better at what they do how do they how do you help them learn a new skill change their behavior or retain information in a meaningful way that's really what instructional design is and so that was all, all of these things then um kind of came together to create black speakers network it wasn't any one specific thing which is i think another lesson for all the passion entrepreneurs listening is that there there's there's no single direct path to always get where you think you want to go. And I didn't know that these different pieces I was picking up from Toastmasters, from my corporate job and training and development, from a nonprofit space, from my own company, my, my first company skills was eventually going to morph into Black Speakers Network. But I can tell you that all of those things came in handy. And so Black Speakers Network simply came about when I, two things happened. One, I was you know kind of getting frustrated with uh, my progression in the corporate arena and I knew I wanted to create a, a brand and, uh, and and transition to be a full-time entrepreneur but also it was in response to what I saw in the marketplace which was there wasn't a organization there wasn't an organization that was dedicated to the specifically to the growth of uh, speakers of color and 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 I knew <laughs> in my mind that there were more speakers out in the world. You know, of course, you see Les Brown, you see Eric Thomas, you see Lisa Nichols. But I was like, wow, there has to be more speakers than this. But I would go to events and conferences and just not see the representation. And so that's all of those things combined with seeing that observation made me gave me the audacity to say, I'm going to create an organization that fills that need. I'm not sure it's a need. But then when we created the Facebook group, we created the brand, we started talking about it, and it went from 100 people to 
a thousand from thousand to two thousand and now over nine thousand people I knew that this was something that, that this is a gap in the marketplace that you know we had an opportunity to fill you know so many things you said there and I want to make sure that the listeners are, are picking up on it because and the reason why I always ask people about this their story on how they got started or why they got started is <clears throat> excuse me is because you hear those, those elements in there so here, here's a couple of things one you know, I tell people all the time, I write in my books all the time, is that when you have a, a goal, it's not always the final destination that's the main thing, but it's the journey, it's that process uh, that you go through. And, and, you know, I'm just thinking about you where you talked about the process and the journey and where all these pieces, uh, where you had one goal, you had one destination in your mind of what you were trying to do. Uh, and along that way, all these pieces you were picking up uh, ended up, changing it and, and, and forming the, the black speakers network really where you were supposed to be. Uh, but had you quit or had you been so focused on thinking, well, you know, my end goal was to do X, Y, Z, uh, you would have, you would have missed it. You would have, you know, I'm supposed to be a corporate trainer. You know, you may have quit when you thought that you weren't getting there. You may have, uh, uh, have not gone through the process, but all those nuggets along the way formed, uh, you know, you into what you were supposed to be. So I wanted to stress that to make sure people are paying attention to that, that uh, the journey itself, and then also you talked about the need. You feel the need, you know, where, where you, you knew that you saw something that was missing uh, when you looked for speakers. Uh, and, and, and I will talk about that in a second. But you talked about the need and, and within, you know, what you said, about four years since the idea came to you. Uh, now you have a Facebook group of over 9000 uh, black speakers who are, who are just obviously had a need. The same exact thing. Uh, which brings me to the thing I was going to talk about the representation as well, is that I know, you know, as a as a teacher, as a speaker, you're also always a student. You're always a learner. And I can definitely feel you when you talk about the conferences, when you talk about these big name people that we follow, you know, the celebrities within our industry uh, the, that are always having an events. And the first thing I do when I look at the panelists, or I look at the speakers that, you know, I, I look to see who's on there. And it's so often that you don't see us there, especially when you're talking about, um, you know, uh, technology type conferences, internet marketing type conferences, things like that, things that will grow our business uh, as a speaker, as yep. a content expert, you know, you can go and we'll pay hundreds, thousands of dollars for these conferences. And I'm like, I know there are experts out there that look like me that could be on this panel and why aren't they? Uh, so, so important. I definitely applaud you for, for recognizing that and wanting to uh, help that representation uh, for us. So uh, awesome. One thing I want you to go and expound on is that you talked about uh, the best speakers uh, are always, uh, how, how'd you put it? The best speakers don't always get the opportunity. And I can tell you, I've been in the audience many a time. <laughs> I've been in the audience many a time when I'm watching a speaker on stage, or maybe I see an ad come across the internet and I'm like, how is this person blowing up like this? How is this person on stage right now? Uh, and it's no diss to them per se, but you know, when you've been doing something long enough and you know what, you know, we, you know, you, you know, good and you know, needs to improve. So <laughs> talk to us about that, um, ideology that you have and how you deal with that. When you talk about the best speakers don't always, you know, one of the myths in, in the industry is that the best speakers always get the opportunity. So for those who feel like you are the best, for those who feel like you have something to offer and you aren't getting those opportunities, uh, what, what, what advice or, or do you have for someone like that? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's one of my favorite topics because, you know, it comes up the most. Like the number one question, you know, we take people through pretty robust onboarding process at Black Speakers Network and, you know, kind of get a sense of where they are in their speaking business and what are some of the roadblocks. And the number one question that we always get is, okay, Brian, how do I get paid speaking engagement? Okay, fair question. You know, everybody wants to get on stage and get paid to speak. Here's my thing, though. Um, I was at Black Enterprise last year. It was my first time going to the Black Enterprise Conference. And um, I was looking around and seeing the speakers just like you. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, wow. You know, some of them were outstanding presenters. They absolutely, to me, deserve to be on that stage. Some were kind of like celebrities. And so it was kind of clear. They were like, okay, you know, we got this person here to, you know, get more butts and seats. That's fine. All right. And then the other people, I was just like, wow, like, <laughs> who's, who's, whose nephew is this? <laughs> like, how did this even happen? Um, so, I, I, you know, what uh, I, I think part of what needs to happen when you first get into this industry and even as you get into it is just realize that, um, one, it's a long-term business. Two, this is a business that's built on relationships and, 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 um, and those relationships are cultivated over time. And then three, you don't need anybody's permission to build your brand as a speaker, but the opportunities are inevitably going to do, go to people that do three things. And those are people who are uh, visible and not just visible, like out in the marketplace making noise, like, um, but are visible to their target market. They have to have a clear understanding of who you are who you serve and what problem that you're solving and be highly visible to those people, which means what you can't accept every single speaking opportunity. Not every opportunity, whether paid or not paid is good. Um, you have to get really passionate about making sure that the opportunities that you pursue are in alignment with the audience that you serve. So that's one. Number two, that's visibility. The other is credibility. And so, Along the same lines, you know, what's your body of work? What are you putting out on a consistent basis? Like, Ryan, you have the Passionpreneur Podcast. You have a book. Like, nobody's going to tell me that you don't know about, you know, building multiple streams of income. Like, that's you. You know, so, and, and how do I know that? I'm not just saying that because I, I, I met Ryan one day, you know, on a bus. Like, no, look at your body of work. So, like, that's the, that's the gut check. Like, what are you putting out into the universe? whether it's podcasts like this, articles, white papers, um, you know, creating your own platforms, um, going live, uh, interviews, uh, materials, books. Like, these are things that you don't need anybody's permission to do, but they're going to dramatically increase your credibility around a topic that you are, um, you know, claiming to be an expert in. And those are also going to be your army in the marketplace that is going to help you get um, get books. So that's number two. And then number three, and this is where the, most people fall off, Ryan, and I'm sure you've seen this, is consistency. Mm -hmm. Consistency over time. Because, uh, and my, one of my favorite um, examples for this is uh, Gary Vee, Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm -hmm. You know, most people who, and Gary Vaynerchuk kind of has a split camp. People either love him or hate him, and he loves that. Because either way, whether you love him or hate him, the one thing you can't say about Gary Vaynerchuk is that he is not consistent. Like, this man, every single day, 
just putting out content and it could be random thoughts that he had in the shower or it could be, you know, um, what he thinks about the state of digital marketing. But, you know, love him or hate him, you're going to hear from Gary Vaynerchuk. You just are. And you're going to hear about him on multiple platforms in multiple ways. And so visibility, credibility, and consistency are the things that, you know, most speakers need to bring to the table. And the thing I learned at Black Enterprise is that, you know, that's what they're looking for in their speakers. And so they don't want, they're not going to put you on stage because you're the best speaker on this topic necessarily. You should be really good. You definitely got to know yourself. But, you know, if I got to, if I have to come on your website, I have to scratch my head to try to figure out who you are, who you serve, and what you do, then I, it, it, I'm, I'm going to go to somebody where it's clear that those things are, are there. And so that's the biggest shift that we spend a lot of time helping our speakers recognize and build. And it's a freeing feeling, Ryan, because then you, you get the shift from the mindset of who's going to pick me to go speak to now I have the ability to take control over my speaking business and grow this thing as big as I want to based on the level of effort that I'm willing to put into those three categories. Man, you know, I hope those who are listening, I mean, that piece right there, those three steps, the opportunity goes to, uh, you know, who, who gets those opportunities, you talk about visibility, credibility, and consistency, because, you know, I hope people are listening and, and really understand how important that is. And I'm speaking not as someone who, like, well, let me put it this way. I'm speaking to someone who has fallen victim to that same thing. You know, it doesn't matter what level you are in this game. Have, you know, the activity is the main thing. And I've fallen short. I know that's the thing. Every time, you know, social media will mess you up, man, because you'll sit there and watch other people in your industry. Don't, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, they can be, you know, making donuts and you'll watch somebody making more donuts than you get upset, <laughs> you know, but, you know, but when you're watching people, you're like, oh, man, they're speaking here. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, man, how can how they get booked for that? Oh, how how this person do an article on them, you know, and, and it, it, within the last four or five years, I really had to take uh, maybe less than that, three or four years. I really had to take ownership and say accountability and say, it's, you know, what am I doing? If, if, if I, I can't look at other people and wonder why they're doing it, when I see those people every single day doing content, every single day they're doing this, or every week they're, they're consistently doing something, it's that activity, man. It's that visibility that you talked about. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I do the Passionpreneur podcast. I do other things that are launching soon uh, because it's, it's that's the thing where you're no longer begging people to come in and, and book you. Uh, because people aren't going to book you because you got a fly book cover because you have a dope one sheet. They're going to book you because they're going to research you, find out that you can bring an audience with you and that you are bringing, like you said, that credibility. You're bringing that body of work and that you really are what you say you are. That's important. So definitely those people, if you're out there, you're trying to figure this thing out. First thing is go to work, do the work, do the work, get out there so that your people can, uh, you know, your, your work will speak for you. It'll open up those doors for you, man. That that was good stuff. I'll make sure people got that. Um, you know, and I want to... One thing I just want to add to that real quick is that, because you, you talked about, you know, looking at other people and stuff like that, that would be the number one thing I would just put a caution flag around because mm-hmm. I, people... And it's just... It's natural, right? You want to... We kind of live in a especially in the United States, right? Like everything's so easy. We like got a microwave that's like a uh, Betty Crocker recipe <laughs> for like, you know, we want like the blueprint, like just tell me what I got to do. But like, you know, you can't necessarily 
you can't blueprint, you can't look at somebody like when people are like, I want to be the next Oprah, I want to be the next next person. Well, the situations, the the situations, the climate, uh, just from a pure business perspective, the situations, the climate, the relationships, the things that happened that coalesced to make Oprah Oprah aren't going to happen for anybody else in that exact same way. Right. They're going to be like, it's just not like, it's not the eighties, not the nineties. Like that's not going to happen. Like uh, Tyler Perry, same thing. Like, you know, that's not going to happen the same way. So stop, we got to stop looking at other people and trying to blueprint that because, you know, success is where preparation opportunity meet. And so it's like, you got to be moving and know that um, one, there's going to be stages that you may want to get on that you just aren't going to get on. It's like not going to happen. But there are stages that those other people would have never even thought about getting on and that you will get on. And when I say stages, you know, it's pretty much a euphemism for mm-hmm. everything you just said, Ryan. The books, television, radio, media, opportunities, brand ambassadorships, whatever that stage is, you know, but just know that everything is not going to look like everybody else and that's okay. Yeah, and the biggest thing is when you're looking at other people, because we're all inspired by folk, it, it's what their stories are, and it doesn't have to be Oprah level, but, you know, just anybody. What their stories show is that proof that it can happen, that that, that it's possible. Uh, but it doesn't mean that, like you said, that their path is the same path you're going to take. Um, and especially you don't know the backstory. No one sits there and tells a story about, hey, you know, yeah, I'm speaking here today, but, um, you know, you don't know what it took to get there. You don't know how much sacrifice. You don't know how many, you know, bill collectors were calling them before they got this yes. You don't know what they even got paid for the event, anything. So, you know, you don't want to compare your your success and your worth by what you see other people doing. But just use that as a, a you know, if this person did it, then I know it's possible, uh, but you got to figure out your path to get there. So that was very good stuff. Uh, we want to go into a couple of other the myths that you talked about, about the uh, speaking industry. Uh, one of the other myths that people have is that they have to be paid directly for every speaking engagement. Now, now I've been in the industry long enough that I've seen uh, a shift in these kind of things. And just like any kind of, I think we can look at books, we can look at music, we can look at a lot of um, creative industries where uh, in order to, before it was when I do it, I get paid to do it. If I'm singing, I get paid to sing. If I'm writing, I get paid to write. If I'm speaking, I get paid to speak. There's been a shift. There's been a shift in the industry, and I think that some um, people need to really understand that and how to adjust with that. So you talk about that being a myth that you have to be paid directly for every speaking engagement. Talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I, 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 I've I seen that shift, man, and I think it's a, it's a valuable thing. But here here's the, the baseline. Most speaking opportunities, you know, I'll just – Put that out, particularly if you're just starting. Most you shouldn't really set the expectation that you're going to get paid to speak every single time that you speak. Now, I'll put a caveat on that because there's a difference in knowing your value, setting your speaker fee, and staying consistent with that is, uh, I think, very important because there's a concept called fee integrity, which is you know, if I if my speaking fee is thirty five hundred dollars, I don't want to charge. And if, and if I get paid that, I don't want to go down the street to another organization, uh, and they only pay me a thousand dollars. And then those two people talk, and then they find out like, oh, well, Brian charging me one thousand, you thirty five hundred. Like, no, like have one fee. But 
if there are organizations and associations where it makes sense to speak and they are offering an honorarium or they um, don't have any speaking budget at all, then you kind of have to start to think about what are the other non-financial um, opportunities that exist that you can accept in compensation for your speaking fee that will allow that opportunity to still be valuable for you. And there are a number of things that that um, that, that goes into. I mean, especially, again, if you're just starting out, uh, that could be things like collecting your logos. So, you know, it's very val- it may be valuable for you to, you know, speak at Google. You know, they may not pay you. Can they pay you? Absolutely. But, you know, if you're speaking for their um, employee resource group for a lunch, for a 30 minute lunch and learn, you know, do you want the check or do you want the logo? Do you want the testimonial? Do you want the photos of you speaking at Google? Do you want the video? You know what I mean? So there's, there's things there that, you know, you can accept as non-financial, but at the same time, you do need to, (laughs) you do need to get paid. And so how do you do that? You need to think about and begin the process of making sure that there's a monetization strategy attached to uh, everything that you do. And so with some of these events, uh, part of the model is, yeah, we won't pay you, but we will allow you to uh, sell from the back of the room. What does that mean? It means we're going to have, you know, products or services. If you have a book, um, an audio book, uh, <laughs> whatever it is, like a, a physical product or digital product, you know, you can sell that product either directly from stage with an offer or sell at the back of the room. And what does that mean for you? You, if you don't have product, well, it means that you're leaving money on the table. So you can't complain as a speaker that there are no paid speaking opportunities when you're not taking any responsibility on your end to uh, create uh, those opportunities. And the big, the, the great part about that is that even if you are being paid as a speaker, if there's, there are a lot of venues that will still allow you to right. sell products and right. services. Now you're getting a check and you're getting money on the back end. And so those are some of the types of things that, you know, we just try to teach and educate speakers around. Obviously there are like different models out there with pay to play and, you know, places that want you to um, pay to uh, speak, which is fine as well, but it makes you have to figure out if that makes sense for you. And if, you know, you know that you can convert a room. So there's an entire philosophy there around the monetization piece. But I think the most important thing is, Again, taking control over your own situation, which is uh, at the end of the day, the two paths to wealth is you. If, if you want to increase your income, you want to create, you want to increase the amount of wealth you're creating. You really got two choices. You can um, help more people at the level in which you you can serve more people. Well, I like to say, serve more people at the level in which you're serving them, and make more money through volume. Or you can increase the amount of value that you're creating for the people that you serve. Like, those are the only two things. And so, as it relates to the speaking industry, things are going to continue to shift. You know, YouTube wasn't around (laughs) before 2005. Uh, The premium for content has been diluted. It just is. Like, most of the stuff that you need an answer to is on YouTube. (laughs) Like, you know... So people aren't paying for information. People are paying for insight. People are paying for solutions. You know, people don't want to buy, most organizations don't want to buy a speech. They want a program 
And, you know, if you're speaking to an audience, that the even if you have like 60 minutes to present, the likelihood that you're going to solve the problem that you're focused on solving for that audience within that 60 minute time frame is very limited. You know, what you can do is change somebody's thought process. You could um, move them to action and think about like what's the next step. So anytime you're speaking, you should be trying to get people to take that next step. And more oftentimes than not, that's going to lead to another product or service offering anyway. So those are some of the types of things, Ryan, that we focus on within BSN. And I think it's very important to shift. I'm, I am on a campaign <laughs> to shift that mindset because I think we're leaving a lot of money on the table as it relates to um, getting stuck, just thinking that the only way we can be profitable is if somebody slips a check in our pocket at the end of the speaking stage. Right. You know, and this, this is such good stuff. Um, and part of the whole passionpreneur uh, journey and the whole, the whole program about becoming a passionpreneur is, you know, with me is how to turn that stuff, how to turn your knowledge, how to take the information from just that one speech that you have and how to monetize that in so many different ways. I know as an author and a speaker myself, um, when I first got started, the first thing, uh, you know, my first person I reached out to, I don't remember how I even found him, a uh, speaker in Baltimore, Ty Howard. Uh, shout out to Ty. He, 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 and I told him I was getting into public speaking. First thing he told me was write a book. And I was like, okay, write a book. I'm like, what am I going to write a book for? And he said, because that writing a book, one, it adds authority to you as a speaker. Two, it automatically helps you charge more as a speaker's fee. But then also it's something else you can sell. Because, again, like you just said, if you don't if I go with somewhere, and they don't have a speaker's budget, but I, but they have a, a supplies or, a, you know, a tools budget, they can buy 100 books. Well, then, boom, that's good. Uh, but also now you can take that 60 minute talk and really break it down into a book. And now you have something that's going to have a, a product uh, that you can sell. And, and you talk about that solutions. That's the thing. Listen. The expert phase, I mean, the, the motivational part, people getting motivated, they can go and get that in a meme online nowadays. You have to have something deeper than just giving some inspirational words. you got to have some kind of solution, some kind of program, some kind of product that people can use and put to work. And that's what you had to create. I know for me, it took a long time before I really you know, made that shift. But once I did, it just changed everything when I was like, OK, I'm not just out here trying to get a speaker's fee. I'm not out here trying to just sell a $20 book, but now you have those programs. Now you have that really offering that you're now getting clients and how are you, what solution are you providing? It'll, it'll just change your whole, uh, your whole mindset, your whole business. Uh, and that's important as a speaker out there to make sure that you find out what solution you uh, provide and how can you monetize that yeah. in as many ways. Cause if you're on a stage, uh, you know, you're, if your only business models that people put you on stage, uh, you have no control over that. You have no control, and then you have no insight. You go speak to a room of 100 people, uh, but you have no way of capturing information on those 100 people so that now you can reach out to those 100 people after you're off stage. you're losing. You know, you, you have no way of figuring out how to really grow your business if you're not able to, to reach out to that audience. So that's important. And one last thing I want to talk about that is that you never said, those who are listening, he did not mention speak for exposure. <laughs> so if anybody's coming out there saying we're going to pay you with exposure, uh, that exposure thing, that's like a curse word in the speaker's industry. Um, listen, you don't need, uh, I don't know how many people have ever gotten um, paid on exposure. You know, the, the bills don't take exposure. Uh, if you're going to speak for free, then you need to have a win-win. Like you talked about, I love that Google example you said. 
You know, if you're going to have someone who's going to speak for free, they tell you, hey, we have a professional photographer. We're going to do professional video, you know, or if it's a big name brand, it's going to help you grow in your um, credibility. And that's that's something else. But just speaking because, you know, we're going to give you a chicken dinner and some exposure at a, at a you know, small church that that's not necessarily going to grow your business. All right. So the last myth we want to talk about is uh, a myth that people have uh, in the speakers industry is that hiring a speakers bureau or a speaker's agent is your ticket to success. Uh, talk to us about that myth. Yeah, so one of the distinctions we always have to make with Black Speakers Network is that we're not a speaker's bureau. And one of the reasons is that, you know, we're, so what are we? We are speaker de- we're a speaker development, training, empowerment um, brand. And so the difference is, and for those that aren't familiar with our speaker's bureau, speaker's bureau is an organization that will uh, list up they they list speakers and they go out and find speakers to speak on specific topics and then they will uh, if it's a professional speakers bureau there there are nonprofit iterations of this that don't charge but you know most for profit entities will um, create a, re- a registry of speakers and then market those speakers to organizations that are hiring speakers and then when they book you, they will take a percentage, typically somewhere between 20 and 30% of your speaking fee will go to the Speakers Bureau. But the great thing about it is that the Speakers Bureau is actively, the reason you're paying that 20, 30% of your fee is that they are doing all the work. They're building the relationships. They're selling you in for the client. They are um, handling the contract negotiations. I mean, basically, all you got to do in most cases is, uh, you know, show up. And so that's a beautiful thing. Uh, speaker agents are individuals who work on your behalf to help book you to speak, which could be very powerful because sometimes, you know, it could be challenging to promote yourself and it's you are trying to tell people how great you are versus somebody, a third party saying, no, you need to get Ryan and here's why. He's the expert in this, 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 and this. And an agent could be, anybody from a virtual assistant that you hire to a, uh, a PR specialist, um, a publicist, you know, somebody of that nature, anybody could be an agent, but you know, the, so I, I want to make sure that I'm clear to the listeners and anybody that might be with a bureau or that could be operating as an agent. I'm not taking away from those services because I think they could be very valuable in specific situations, but what I am on a campaign to fight is the notion that a speaker bureau or agent is going to be the savior of your business or something that you're going to get the vast majority of your speaking engagements from. That's not the case for the vast majority of people listening to this, myself included. Um, The way we think about the progression in the speaking business is five levels. You have aspiring speaker. Those are people that are, you know, just thinking about getting started in the business, may not have any clarity yet on their mission or message, but they know they want to be a speaker. Level two is um, emerging speakers. So these are folks that have pretty much clarity on who they serve, um, their target market, they're out speaking, they're maybe getting paid, maybe not getting paid, uh, have some products potentially, but, you know, they're, they're growing. Uh, the third category is uh, seasoned. These are folks that are absolutely clear on who they are, what they do, who they serve. They're getting consistently booked to speak. Uh, they may still be working a job full-time, maybe not, 
maybe work in a business separate from speaking, maybe not, but you know, they're very, very comfortable. Um, level four are expert speakers. Uh, so those are some of the names that we've thrown out already. Your Les Browns, uh, your Ty Howard, your Craig Valentine's, your Lisa Nichols. Like these are the people that, you know, they are full-time speakers, probably pulling in um, five to six figures, if not for the presentation, then certainly for products and services a year as it relates to their speaking business. And then the fifth category are um, celebrities. So that's like Obama. <laughs> like, you know, um, so that's, that's the progression, right? Speaker bureaus tend to, and, and so my, my common joke in the industry is that, you know, typically speaker bureaus um, are most effective when you're at the point in your business that you really don't need them mm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've already built a brand, you've already been established, like it's very easy for them to sell you because you're already there. Now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't be listed with one, but again, I think the, the benefit is adopting a mindset that you're not waiting on anybody else to book you. And so we had this t-shirt, Ryan, might've seen it. Um, it's like, uh, you know, I don't wait for speaking engagements. I am a speaking engagement. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so transferring that power of ownership, nobody, nobody's going to sell you better than you. And that's just how, you know, I feel about it. Like, I think, you should always be like your chief marketing officer for you Inc. And you can have people that are on your team. And I think you should build a team. And if you are able to get listed with a bureau, that's great. Um, I think if you're able to find somebody that can help you reach out to organizations that are familiar with your brand, that can, you know, help you um, um, open some doors and, and things of that nature, that's fine. But it's on you. It is absolutely on you. So, you know, that's one of, um, and that was actually uh, one of the article that I wrote in uh, Speakers Magazine um, put out by Pam Perry. Uh, you guys can go to speakersmagazine.net and read it, but it's it literally called that a speaking uh, bureau or agent is not coming to save you. You know, only you can, like, save yourself. And I think it's just the way it should be because, you know, unless you're a celebrity speaker or somebody that's really just coming into an industry with a lot of um of, of a lot of cachet around you that people are just you know knocking down the door trying to find you the vast majority of us are going to have to you know build this through the mechanisms that we said before awesome brian this has been a great conversation man before we go i want to have you share information on uh, the book that the speaker, uh, Black Speakers Network put out, and then also share how those who are listening who want to join the Black Speakers Network can do that. Absolutely. So the book is Speak Up, Speak Up with an exclamation point, the ultimate guide to dominate in the speaking industry. And it's a great book because Everything that we've talked about so far has been built around our philosophy of, of building a professional speaking business. If you're just, if you want to, you know, just speak every now and then, if you maybe just want to get more comfortable being on the stage, again, Toastmasters is perfect for that. Highly recommend it. Go check it out. But Toastmasters doesn't teach the business of speaking. That's where Black Speakers Network come in. And so 
we're we're ready to to support that. But the model of the book is what we call the five M's. So everything that we teach is focused on helping you get clarity on your mission, your message, your marketing, how to monetize and manage your speaking business. So those five M's are how the book is structured. Myself and thirty other co-authors came in because I wanted to make sure that everybody in that book was an authority on the topic that we're talking about. And so that debuted at uh, Amazon bestseller last year. It's going really well. Uh, you can read the reviews on Amazon. If you want to check it out, you got three options. If you go to speakupthebook.com, the speakupthebook.com, you'll see three options there. You can grab the ebook, which I actually just made available this year. Uh, so you can get the ebook if you're into that. Um, you can get the book directly from Amazon, or you could uh, get it from me, and I'll sign a copy and drop it in the mail for you. Uh, so all three of those options are available at speakupthebook.com. And then as, as it relates to Black Speakers Network, um, the number one thing, if you have interest in this area, the number one thing I would recommend is finding us on Facebook. Uh, finding You can literally just type in Black Speakers Network in the Facebook search find the group and join the group easy peasy because once you're in the group that community is where we share resources information we're constantly doing interviews lives best practices we do a website review wednesday we do all types of things to help get speakers um connected into the broader ecosystem sharing resources best practices but if you're looking to take your speaking to the next level and become a member then we have a program called BSN Premium. It is $25 a month, and that is what's going to unlock the additional resources. So we have training. We have a private Facebook group just for those members, and we also have um, a, a cadre of platform partners that provide everything from website design, copywriting, speech coaching, um, you know, you name it as, a, as it relates to, you know, getting your speaking business to that next level. And then we also send out speaking opportunity alerts. And uh, we just started a partnership with an organization called PitchDB, where you can get access to literally thousands of conferences, podcast hosts, meeting planners, media contacts. Um, and there's a special discount specifically for our members that can't get anywhere else. So uh, lots of stuff, man. Our whole thing is, again, um, equipping, connecting, inspiring the next generation of black professional speakers. And so if you are on that path, join the Facebook group, read the Speak Up book. I think that would be an excellent start. If you're really ready to take things to the next level, I invite you to come join us. Uh, BlackSpeakersNetwork.com is where you can learn more about membership and uh, how you can get started. Awesome, 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 Brian. Uh, great content, man. This show is uh, going down as one of the best uh, just because of the content for those who are looking to get into uh, the industry or those who have been in it. You know, just because you've been in it doesn't mean that you can't learn. If you're not having the success that you've been trying to have, then it's important that you uh, adjust uh, what you've been doing. And I think that the Black Speakers Network and the resources they provide under the leadership of Brian J. Olds is uh, definitely one of the best ways to go. So I want to thank you all for listening. We're going to talk to you next week. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Passionpreneur Podcast. If you liked it, tell someone else about it. Go ahead and share it out. And also make sure you click that subscribe button and follow us and listen to every week's episode. 
I am your host, Ryan C. Green. You can reach me at www.ryancgreen.com. Follow me on all social media at Raji Speaks. I look forward to working with you, talking to you soon. And just remember, if the best part about going to work is getting off of work, it's time to become a passionpreneur.